today we are talking Vermeer Confidence Plus Asset Protection. I'm joined by Dean Witten, Deb Witten, Colby Gergovich, and Jake Livingston from the RDO organization. And so I am going to turn it over to Dean here, and we're going to start talking Confidence Plus. Well, thank you guys for this call this afternoon. Uh, it's very important to make sure that we spread the word about Confidence Plus on the maintenance side. So if you don't mind, I'll ask just a few questions. Uh, have you implemented telematics or some kind of tracking system with the Confidence Plus plan? Uh, this is Jake Livingston. Uh, yes, we have. We've actually uh, had telematics a big part of our business for uh, actually over a decade now. Um, we leverage the telematics that our manufacturers provide, uh, but we also look to aftermarket telematics for any of the machines that uh, either don't come with it or for our customers that have potentially some mixed fleet in their company. Who takes care of the scheduling of the PMs on the work orders? So we have a central approach at RDO where we really look at the, the machines in two steps. So the first step is we manage the schedules in the background for our customers. We're able to see when they're coming due for service with our own internal tools through uh, CDK is the company that we use. And then uh, once we determine when those services come due, uh, we find out where that machine is located using the telematics connection. We can see where the machine's at, how many hours is getting put on that machine. Uh, so we know roughly when they're going to be due. So we really try and shoot for uh, getting that service to the, the, the nearest location about 80 hours ahead of time, which really allows uh, our service team and our customers really to be able to schedule that service out, make sure that it makes the best sense for, for them and also works into our schedule as a dealership. This is Deb. Um, have your part sales increased with Confidence Plus plan maintenance management? Yeah, that's been a wonderful piece to be able to actually put some data to. So we track quite a few things, all starting from, at least with my team, with telematics. So first, finding out, does a machine have telematics? And if it does, what other programs does this machine have applicable as well? So does it have warranty? Does it have, uh, are, are we watching the plant maintenances on the, on the piece of equipment? And so what we've done is we've really looked over the last 12 months to see, on average, how many dollars have we been able to generate off of uh, these machines, all the machines that we, we have within certain model year range. And what we found is actually our machines that have, first off, telematics, uh, we're able to uh, capture almost um, half again more uh, dollars in service on those machines than machines that don't have telematics. Um, but then when we also look at machines that have um, planned maintenance, uh, we're able to capture that much more. It's almost threefold higher on machines that have planned maintenance than machines that don't. And I think the important piece to remember is it's not costing a customer more money to have telematics. It's that us as a dealership are able to engage with that customer more regularly so that we're able to capture uh, the parts and service opportunities on that machine and not have it go outside of our organization as often. We're just trying to make it more convenient for our, ourselves and the customers by being able to uh, let them know potentially uh, when their services are coming due. Or uh, on top of that, with, with uh, Vermeer's new telematics structure, uh, looking at their alerts as well to see what else we could possibly do for that customer at the same time we're doing plan maintenance. There's inspections with these PMs too. Uh, do you find items to repair on the inspections? And if so, what are the most common items? 
Hi guys, this is uh, Colby. We find uh, numerous items that are due for uh, replacement uh, when we're able to get our hands on a piece of equipment. Items as common as vice dyes or grip, wear plates, hydraulic hoses, we're looking for rubs or any other kind of wear mark, uh, PD-10 striker blocks, wear plates, uh, nitrogen hammer ch- hammer charges are common um, on our larger machines like our grinders, uh, mill word, mill uh uh, lid wear plates, flashings, lacings, um, all types of those common uh, repairs that uh, kind of go until they're finally um, broken. We can kind of head off. This is kind of an open-ended question, but what percentage of the time when customers are called and you find something to repair uh, through the inspection process, will they give you permission to fix those issues? I think Jake's done some science on this one, but it's at least uh, at least probably a good 60 to 70 percent of the time. Uh, the machine is here. It's in our hands. In most cases, we already have it apart uh, to that point. So it's not going to be that much more of a significant cost, um, you know, plus the parts. Um, and then the customer gets a better machine back than, than what they brought in. So there are some little knickknacks that sometimes the customer won't take care of themselves. But uh, if we're on it and we've already got it uh, nearly apart or or, or apart, um, they usually let us let us uh, go on it. Do the customers bring their equipment to the shop or expect the PM inspections to be done in the field? So the towable equipment, um, we like to have that stuff back in the shop. The larger stuff, of course, we always go out to. We're fortunate enough to have PM trucks that can handle um, some of the larger capacities that some of our larger Vermeer equipment. Um, have. And so we can send those out um, along with the technician to do some of the plan maintenance, um, like such as on a, on a CP um, equipped machine. But yeah, the smaller stuff, uh, we try and get that in here uh, to the shop as much as possible. Let's switch gears a little bit, go to upselling wear items uh, from the PMs and the inspections. How much more profit do you see from this activity of upselling to the customers? I think it's easy to say that we try our best um, to, to upsell every time we have a chance. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we're, we're chasing uh, an issue to try and get a customer's machine back up and running. But uh, you know, back to the telematics piece, it really helps us to be more profitable uh, and our customers to uh, be more successful if we can. Uh, check that machine out before we leave our shop to make sure that we can arm our, our, our technicians with some potential parts that would help that customer be successful beyond whatever issue they might be experiencing. Um, and so you know, kind of back to those numbers I originally had, uh, had talked about, this is exactly, uh, I think, where, where upselling comes into play is by having that telematics connection, looking at the machine and seeing what other options might be available for that customer based off of the alerts that we're seeing. Uh, is really a good chance for us to to uh, both be profitable and make our customers successful around upselling parts. I would like to add too that um, something as simple as using the the uh, inspection sheets that are um, you know supplied by Rumor Manufacturing instead of the technician maybe having tunnel vision on on one repair one thing he sees you know now we've got uh, a significant amount of items that we need to go look at. You know, again, we're we're trying to provide a customer with a better piece of equipment than than what they had. You know, after we have our, had our hands on it, but um, lots of opportunities for for upsells uh, and um, and at least um, making customer aware that um, these items are are on the horizon and they will need attention. 
difference between, you know, repair and maintenance is, is big and significant. Do you ever have trouble getting the customers to, to stop running to get the PMs completed on time? Uh, yeah, sometimes we do, um, especially customers with uh, smaller fleets or maybe only one or two pieces of equipment. We, we have to understand that, um, you know, when there's work, they want to work. However, we do try to accommodate as much as we possibly can. Uh, that's why Jake's group has that awesome, you know, at least two weeks before type of scheduling. We still get into it where we're, you know, we, we talk about dates and things come up. Um, so we, we're, we're pretty flexible. We'll come in early. We'll work late. Uh, we'll even do weekends if needed uh, to try and get that piece maintained. Who makes the calls to the customer when you find something wrong that needs attention? We do that today through our service managers, essentially for, you know, for, for anything that we do with uh, telematics, whether it's uh, working with the stores to uh, let them know what services do what planned maintenance might be due for that machine. We try and wrap all that stuff up and bundle it to them. And so the local um, local service management can, can talk to that customer about uh, their issues and see what it is that they, they want to do. Helps them also to be able to put their schedule together if they're the ones that are, are working with their customers. Deb, do you have something else? No, I think that's gotten through most of our questions. I just want to know if there's anything that you guys would like to share in addition that we haven't hit on that you feel is important for managing the PM part of the business? I think it's very important to have uh, good reporting tools in the background to always be checking uh, to make sure that um, your machines are calling in regularly uh, for, for your planned maintenances. So, you know, if you've got machines that are running in areas where cell coverage maybe isn't great um, and you are tracking those machines for when they're due for services, um, just keeping on top of those customers, giving them a call uh, on a semi-regular basis to, to even just ask hours if they're if they're in a spot where their machines aren't calling in regularly. Um, otherwise, um, just really trying to, to sell the house when it comes to the opportunities you have in front of you and, and capitalizing on it. Because it's not that a customer is not fixing their piece of equipment. It, what, what we're seeing from our numbers is that our customers are still getting their equipment fixed. They're still buying filters and oil for their piece of equipment. It's just, are they, are they purchasing it from you, the dealership, or are they getting it from the nearest place because it's more convenient. And I think that's really helped us gauge how we can interact with, with our customers better. Yeah, I couldn't say any better. It's, it's you know, are, are we making it easy for our customers to do business with us? And if we're helping them manage manage their, their maintenance costs throughout the year, yeah, those costs are fixed. So they're going to spend that money anyways. So it, it might as well, hopefully it's with us. And when it's with us, we're catching them when they're minor repairs instead of uh, a major down. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the idea behind us being able to see the equipment um, consistently and, and regularly and be able to make those needed adjustments, those call outs when something needs to be repaired or replaced. Do you guys feel like <clears throat> these programs are helping build customer loyalty and creating less need for negotiation with the competitors because they're satisfied and happy with what you're, how you're taking care of them? I think so. Because again, you know, uh, the equipment is, is pretty, pretty close these days. However, it's, it's how we differentiate ourselves uh, from the competition. So if we can do something like this, where we are truly partnering with our customers and helping them, uh, you know, to put food on their table. I, just, I think it pays off um, for those who, who are, you know, who are looking for something like that. 
I just thought about one more thing. When you've got <clears throat> some of your customers that are traveling outside of your territory, do you struggle with getting those that PM work done? Do you work with the other dealers? How does that work? Over the years, um, yeah, this will be this is my 25th year. So over the years, I've made some pretty good um, relationships with other dealership groups, and it's fairly easy when um, you know when we have some, especially some confidence plus. And Deb's paying the bill. <laughs> we can we can get him to get out there and do those things for us. Let's just say Vermeer's new website as well has a great a tool in there, which allows us to be able to see other dealerships and a contact for them as well. So you know, as we see machines that have floated into another uh, uh, dealership uh, area of responsibility, um, it gives us a better chance to be able to make that connection as well, especially if it's in an area we're not familiar with. So um, that's been very helpful, and I, I think that's just something new as of this this last three four months. Colby, Jake, I want to thank you for the time you've spent today explaining how Confidence Plus has helped you with your customer base. And uh, unless one of you have anything else. Yeah, I appreciate you guys' time as well. And I will just put a, a plug in for what Jake was just talking about. In the last issue of SPS on the go, we had Clint Recker uh, do a video on some of those updates to the telematics website. And so that came out uh, in early March. And if you've missed that, you can find that out on dealer center to see some of those updates and these tools that these guys were just talking about to help with some of this work and um, doing those PMs and getting the confidence plus customers taken care of. So with that, we appreciate your time and thanks for listening.